Christian, what do you consider to be the biggest threat facing our planet right now? Humanity. Very simple. We humans are making a mess. Ironically, I thought you were going to say something entirely different, but I thought the same thing. I I think human depravity. I I wouldn't even, it's just, I don't even, wouldn't even look at it as depravity. It's just the normal human condition. And they're getting better at it. They're looking at ways to fix the world, whether it's climate change or politics or whatever, but we'll see how it goes. What'd you think I was going to (laughs) say? It was one person in particular that I was like, I probably already know the answer to this, but... No, it's all the humans that help that particular person. Yeah. So, and and it's just a normal thing. Powerful people try to stay powerful. The people that leech off powerful people try to keep them powerful so they can keep leeching funds from them or in whatever way they make their money. So Yeah, it's a fun little cycle. It's just uh, sometimes we're ignorant of the consequences of our actions Hmm. or we ignore the possible outcomes. Yeah. So that's just a human thing. That's kind of freaky. (laughs) (laughs) Humans are. Yeah, today we are going to be discussing one Gary McKinnon, who is famously known for his NASA hack between 2001 and 2002. Were you aware of Gary McKinnon before this, uh, before I brought it up? uh, Not that I can uh, remember. I'm sure I've come across the name. I mean, the name sounded familiar, but I didn't know too much about him. Yeah, well, that's good. I I remember the story, and I was reminded of it probably within the last month or two, and I was like, that would be a great story. Because there's there's two sides. There's people that think that Gary is 100% just full garbage, and that he's not, uh, everything he claims is a lie, whatever. He's just a, a bullshit artist, pretty much. And then there's people that are like, this is it. This is the quote-unquote proof we needed that there's there's always people like that one thing that makes me think i've come across his name is um there's an author named john ronson Hmm. who's a a famous british author writes really good books most probably known for writing the book the men who stare at goats Hmm. based on real life I, i guess a real life program within the army or the military yeah it probably would have been strange, and yeah. we'll have to go into that subject at another time, but it probably would have been strange to try all these things that they were trying in the military at the time Yeah, in the 70s. But it's, it's an interesting story. He's a great writer. He, he writes about his experience with Alex Jones mm-hmm. when they snuck into Bohemian Grove. So it's really funny to see the two different perspectives there. Yeah. Um, but he did write up or he interviewed Gary McKinnon in 2005. Mm. So it makes me think because I usually read everything John Ronson that I probably came across it before. Yeah. That would be an interesting one to read. Yeah, I might have to look into that. So anyway, just uh, a brief rundown. Gary McKinnon is a Scottish systems administrator and hacker who was accused in 2002 of perpetrating 
the biggest military computer hack of all time, although McKinnon himself states that he was merely looking for evidence of free energy suppression and a, a cover-up of UFO activity and other, ac- or other technologies potentially useful to the public. So energy suppression tells you he is a conspiracy guy anyway. Yeah. Well, the, okay, you don't believe in, like, free energy? I'm not saying I believe or disbelieve it yet, but I know that there's plenty of people throughout the years that have claimed they found evidence of a government cover-up. May or may not be true, and it may or may not make sense in a world run by oil. I used to not believe in it, but um, everything I've been reading about uh, Tesla and, you know, thinking that pretty much the pyramids were were these giant conductors for free energy. I'm like, damn, Tesla was pretty smart. If he is, uh, if he was doing research into that, and then a lot of people have kind of picked up that slack after he was murdered. Um, I thought he just died. No, I'm pretty sure he was murdered. Wasn't he old and broke when he He could have been, but guaranteed it was not his day to go. It never is. Yeah. Anybody's day to go. It's just the day. It's just the day. Yeah. yeah. Business as usual. Just another day. Yeah. So free energy is uh, on the list of things to cover at some point because there's just a lot of fun little wormholes you can get lost in when you're looking up that kind of stuff. So I, I kind of want to touch on, I've, I've watched several interviews with him. Uh, I've, I've read a couple of articles about him and stuff like that. And, and so I kind of want to go through some of the things that he claims that he did and that he saw. Because a lot of people, they, they just point at the fact that he didn't, like, save a picture. Like, oh, you didn't get one picture of these things? You didn't save anything? No screenshots? But they don't understand what this type of work is. And especially that time, like, the timestamp of when this was going down in 2001, 2002, it kind of works itself out. But we, we look at it from, like, a, a modern mindset, and we're like, well, this is how we do things now. Things were different back then. They were. Yeah. Uh, and so pretty much everything that I have here, it's, I've condensed them down into almost like one or two sentences for each one, but it's from something I've either seen him say or an article that was an interview with him. So it is technically his words about what he saw. Okay. He mentions that from the time he gained access to when he got arrested was about 18 to 24 months. So he had access to these computers for little under two years, probably. And he said that obviously nothing would just be titled secret UFO documents. So he he spent a lot of time combing through these things and didn't come up with literally anything for a few months. Yeah, so he's just in these boring government files, not finding anything for for literally, he said a few months. His first hit was documentation from using a program called LandSearch, which allows you to search all the files and folders of a specific network. And he said it, at one point, he was mentioning that you kind of get lost in there because it, there, it really does branch out into so many different places. He apparently gained access to NASA, the Navy, the Army, and uh, what was the other one? The Pentagon. So Department of Defense stuff, which is pretty much the, the head of all these uh, alien conspiracies anyway, right? Like, it's what all this stuff is always behind. That's what they say. That is what they say. So he he got into the Army, Navy, NASA, and the Pentagon using a ridiculously easy method, stating that there were plenty of employees that never even set up their password, meaning that the password itself would have just been password. And that's not surprising. Yeah, that's human beings, regardless of how important your job may be. During an interview, he mentions using a command prompt on Windows called Netstat. He was able to see all of the... 
all the other connections accessing that same machine. He said while he was in, he found multiple IP addresses doing the exact same thing that he was doing, IP addresses from China, Denmark, Turkey, and he said pretty much all over the world. You know, you just, people are hacking in and doing the exact same thing that he was doing for God knows how long. That makes sense. Yeah. He stumbled across, uh, and this, I'll go into depth on this one a little later, but he stumbled across an Excel spreadsheet that had columns with names, and one of these columns was entitled Non-Terrestrial Officers, Hmm. complete with ranks and names, as well as a separate sheet with tabs for, quote, material transfer between ships. Trying to weed out all the potential meanings, he started digging to see if it was mentioned anywhere else, stating that he found no other mention of the terms, and now if you Google those things, all you pretty much get is links to Gary McKinnon of some sort, you know, which is obviously how that would happen. Uh, In the interview, though, when he was mentioning that, the guy conducting the interview asked, is it possible that non-terrestrial officers just means astronauts? Hmm. His reply was, it could be. It depends on how you interpret that. But the names of these ships all started with USS, which implies Navy. And these documents were found within the Navy system, not NASA. So that's, that's kind of like, I, don't, I wouldn't understand that, though. Like, I guess NASA is not really military, is it? Uh, most of the astronauts have been military. Yeah. But it's of not some like sort. we're sending NASA to fight people. You know, like, it's, it's not really like a defense thing, right, NASA? Or uh, I guess uh, maybe, because... Prob- probably now that we have Space Force. Yeah. You know, it might be, but uh, that's an interesting question. I'm not sure. Space Force was another thing that got brought up when I was looking into this. I didn't write anything down about it because it was pretty basic. It, it pretty much just said that Space Force being created kind of points to the whole Gary McKinnon thing of saying non-terrestrial officers. Like, we're trying to get into space if we're not already there. Space is a potential place to make money, so that would make sense. Yeah, and that'd make sense if I saw, like, a Walmart on the moon or something like that, but what about, like, our military? Like, how would we make money on that? Like, oh, if you don't do what we say, we're going to laser blast you from... we would mine stuff or get materials off-world. And that would take us claiming certain places on the moon or asteroids yeah. or wherever we're going to get this of tranquility. Where, where is that Mars or is that the moon? I thought it was the moon. It could be. It might be Mars. <laughs> it's not something I've looked at enough to, to know off the top of my head. Yeah. So, so the fact that all this stuff was found in the Navy servers is very confusing. I mean, it's like, unless they took terrestrial as literal sense, like you are not on terrain You're at the sea. Navy. It could be. I mean, it would make sense. I mean, if you watch science fiction, most things, most spaceships tend to be or seem to be offshoots of the Navy, the way they name them. That is true. That is so weird. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I'm like... Like, yeah, you look at all their uniforms, you look at that, and it's always like USS. It's always, yeah, that is, that's nuts. I didn't even think about that. Good job. It makes sense just because it's still called a ship. It's just not on the sea. So, and, and the Navy isn't just about water. I mean, they have some of the best pilots in the world and True. You know, they do yeah. all kinds of things that that would surprise us that aren't water related. Yeah. So that's that's really interesting. Episode 7 and you're already <laughs> helping the cause, man. <laughs> you know, this is going a lot faster than I thought it would. Yeah, and and in that interview when he mentions the uh like seeing non-terrestrial officers and and the the ships that all started with USS, he was asked about or he was asked to estimate uh, roughly how many names did he see on these lists, you know? And he says uh, it was around 25 for the non-terrestrial officers. And he says he only says that because he didn't actually count them, but it was, uh, 
He said, it's about one screen's worth of rows, so I'm guessing it was around 25. Keep in mind, these were low resolution days, so probably 800 by, 800 by 600 resolution screens. So less, or 25 or less seems like a, like a good estimate, pretty that much. That makes sense to me. Yeah. And about the ships, he said there was eight to 10. And he said that none of the ship names were anything that we have, like anything that's out there, because he looked for them. Okay. Yeah, and same with the names. Obviously, those are a little harder to track down, I imagine, but he said he researched the names of the ships that he saw in that document, and he said he couldn't find a thing on any of them, leading him to believe that they were classified or just, you know, generally not told to the public. The main thing, all of the the fun stuff comes in from uh, Building 8, though. Building 8. There's always a number, and it's building or a hangar. Yeah, the government's not very creative with their with their building names. <laughs> so uh, this is a bit of a, and it'll go over the non-trasher officer thing a little more in depth with his explanations and his, uh, I don't know, like to me when I was reading through it, I was like, yeah, it actually seems likely. Like the stuff that he points to, I'm like, yeah, that is kind of how it was. Building 8 of NASA's Johnson Space Center is listed as their photo or photographic laboratory and multimedia operations facility. McKinnon claims at the time they had about 255 machines at Building 8. He said that made it easier because it was a smaller amount. It was easier for him, for his program to search through. And he said uh, every single machine he, he accessed had a blank administrative password. So 255 machines, all of them with the password, password. So, and it, it's just a ridiculous claim to say this guy was hacking into anything. Because it sounds like he just tried it and was like, oh, password. Who would have guessed? Unless he used something to get to the password, password. I have no idea how that works. Well, it's, it's funny because all these years later, having worked under the BP, British Petroleum hmm. Company, as a contractor um, in Prudhoe Bay, they were constantly reminding you about passwords and password protection. Yeah. And even now, there's still a problem with it. Constant people trying to hack into the system. Much more advanced systems. People still using password as their password. That, that blows my mind. Like, you especially know. in this day and age, everything is digital, man. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also hard to remember all your passwords. Sometimes. And you're not supposed to just have one password for everything. No, but there's, you know, then they didn't have apps that helped you create and save all your yeah. passwords. Which, True. You know, theoretically could get hacked, but it's still, there's risk involved in everything. But back then, a bunch of people that were probably new to using computers in the early 2000s, people that didn't grow up using computers or didn't use advanced systems or the complex systems yeah, that we yeah. use now. They're just a bunch of old men that just started using computers and didn't True. know how dangerous yeah. not having a decent password. Yeah, what's the what's the easiest way to remember your password? Have it be the exact same word that you're staring at when you have to type it in. Yeah. Password. Right. I don't even think that a lot of systems will let you use that anymore. Yeah. It's blocked out. Probably. I know there's a few that you can't use the same password. Like I, I know my, my work passwords, like back in Vegas, mm -hmm. I'd have one and every few months they'd have, they'd make you change it. And so you change it. And then the next month I tried going back to the original one. They wouldn't let me. Yeah. I've had that same problem. I was like, um, you really want me to remember a new password every few months? Good luck. Yeah, I can, it, I can maybe store two or three in my, in my head. That's why you don't, you outsource yeah. your, your passwords. You save them somewhere else. I give them to the hackers. I say, here you go. Guard these with your lives. Make sure no one hacks into these passwords. Boys. You know, if you're checking your stuff every day, you're pretty safe. If you're yeah. making sure your bank account's good and your credit stuff is good, you're pretty safe. 
in a lot of ways. I mean, you got to take risks to live in this world. But yeah. back then, obviously, if you're protecting military secrets or potential military yeah. secrets. You couldn't even add a one at the end of that password. Password one. They probably did. And then it was password two. There you go. Which yeah. anybody with computer knowledge could sit there and mm-hmm. do a search for all that stuff. Yeah, that is very true. So everyone had a blank administrative password. Through his digging, he also mentions that he found folders named raw and unprocessed, or filtered and unfiltered. It's gone back and forth, but general gist is edits, no edits. Upon opening these folders, he found each of these files were somewhere in the ballpark of 250 megabytes in size. So keep in mind, in the early 2000s, 250 megabytes was massive, especially for a dial-up connection, which I did a Google search to see how many people were still using dial-up in like 2001, 2002, and it actually blew my mind that it was 93% of people were still on dial-up. That makes sense. Because to me, like now that we've had internet so fast for so long, I'm like, I don't remember it being that slow. I mean, we we got like DSL at some point, but yeah, it was it was still pretty slow, and and you couldn't certain areas didn't have access to anything but dial-up. Yeah. That is just ridiculous. That is a sound that I will never forget. Programming, maybe. Yeah. So many people also ask why he didn't save any of the images as proof, but don't take into consideration how long it would take to download a file that size back in the day. You can't take eight hours to download a file and remain incognito. It was probably really hard to be incognito back then anyway, Mm. because you didn't have multiple servers to protect you. It was just straight your computer connecting to another computer. And I'm sure there were people hiding their identities back then, but it would probably be a pretty smart person. And and, it, and I don't recall hearing anything about how great Gary McKinnon was as a hacker. I mean, he could have just been somebody that fell into something really easily um, and didn't have all the skills that a lot of hackers had back then. Yeah, exactly. And that, But the funny thing is it it's still like most of these articles and everything like that is like, the greatest hack ever and you're like i guess maybe if if he saw what he saw but well it's also a a big government organization yeah with that will have connections to the military so it is pretty big i wouldn't be surprised if there hasn't been bigger since then that we just don't know about because you don't in this day and age you don't necessarily want to talk about all the you can talk about attempts to hack you by like china or russia or any other nation but you don't really want to say hey they hacked us you know iran you know unless you want to use it as a, a way to go to war with somebody yeah and start stuff you don't really want to release that to the public because it takes away confidence in our protections now why are they hacking us government no it is kind of scary to think about though i mean there's a lot of hackers especially there's a lot of russian hackers there's a lot of chinese hackers there was a, a lot of u.s hackers there's a ton of u.s hackers good and and there's yeah. a lot employed by the government I mean, we we hacked into Iran's nuclear system and set them back when we basically gave them a virus. I mean, we do it too. May you live in interesting times. Yep, yep. I say that all the time. This one it maybe will you know clear some of the the fog from from the minds of the skeptics out there because that like I said, that is the main thing that everyone is on his case about is where's the proof, where's the evidence, 
you were on there for 18 months. You couldn't save one picture. You couldn't do this. Everyone, I guess, just thinks that he's doing like some kind of shaman's witch magic in the background of these computers. That's not at all what he's doing. And actually, yeah, I'll go into detail about the program that he was using and just how visible he was to these these systems. Yeah, he doesn't sound like a, an expert hacker at Definitely all. Definitely not. I mean, if he was an expert hacker, he would have kept proof or he would have found a way. Yeah. But the fact that he was unable to do that without being detected tells me he's kind of an amateur just having fun and lucked into something. Yeah. When I hear hacker, I think like Neo in the Matrix, you know, listening Nine Inch Nails. He's got the, the shades on, his hair spiky, dark room for whatever reason. There's no natural light. McKinnon doesn't strike me as that, that kind of guy. He strikes me more like maybe a, just a glass of Merlot and he was bored. And he's like, oh, shit, I got in. Right. Yeah. When I think of ha- hackers, I think of uh, Mr. Robot. Mr. Robot. Yeah. Still haven't seen that. It's a great show, It's, but this guy's actually a smart hacker. I mean, not saying Gary McKinnon's not smart, but I don't think he was advanced in the realm of hacking. Yeah, I think he had Asperger's. Yeah, so he looks, you know, Asperger's helps you. You look at the world a little differently. It wouldn't necessarily mean he couldn't hack. It just might mean that he had the patience to look at all those files that the rest of us would get really bored with. Who knows? It affects everybody differently. There's different forms of it, but I mean, it's just a different way of thinking. He goes into detail about the program he was using to look at these files. If I remember correctly, it was called Remotely. Essentially, it was a remote desktop viewer. It allows you to control the desktop of the computer you're accessing. So this isn't some secret hacker magic running behind the scenes. His actions and movements are literally being shown on the screen of whichever computer he was currently looking at. So if you were to do or if he were to double click any of those images, that image would pop up and it would take forever to load due to slow connections. McKinnon mentioned that he was able to open one of the files stating that he changed the image to 2-bit or 4-bit color to make it load a little faster. And the following is an excerpt from McKinnon himself and his words, what he did and what he saw and his process. A NASA photographic expert said that there was a Building 8 at Johnson Space Center where they regularly airbrushed out images of UFOs from high-resolution satellite imaging. I logged on to NASA and was able to access this department. They had huge high-resolution images stored in their picture files. They had filtered and unfiltered, or processed and unprocessed. My dial-up 56K connection was very slow trying to download one of these picture files. As this was happening, I had remote control of their desktop, and by adjusting it to 4-bit color and low screen resolution, I was able to briefly see one of these pictures. It was a silvery, cigar-shaped object with geodesic spheres on either side. There were no visible seams or riveting, There was no reference to the size of the object, and the picture was taken, presumably, by a satellite looking down on it. The object didn't look man-made or anything like what we have created. Because I was using a Java application, I could only get a screenshot of the picture. It did not go into my temporary internet files. At my crowning moment, someone at NASA discovered what I was doing, and I was disconnected. So... You know, unfortunately, it was that action that ultimately led to his arrest. Once disconnected, NASA tracked down his IP address shortly after and reported him to the police. I like to imagine the sheer volume of files you'd be able to sneak away with now if someone were to do the same thing. With how fast our our internet speeds are and all that. I mean, I I guess although our, our internet is faster now, sure. But, you know, 
NASA's cameras are very, 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 very high resolution. So they'd probably still be like two gigabyte files. Well, and you wouldn't be able to get into NASA like you could then. There's just no way. You, we yeah we could have a little homework and give it a shot though if you want no thank you i mean he was arrested i don't yeah. feel like i need to be arrested for yeah finding information that just if if we get arrested we'd be like oh what the hell guys gary mckinnon got off you know yeah yeah and then they back out oh, shit you got us but gary mckinnon had a government protecting him that does yeah. not like releasing potential people that could be prisoners to the u.s because yeah. the english looked down upon the u.s uh justice system yeah. and the cruelty that they feel is involved with it, including, you know, if the U.S. government's going to try to charge charge him as a terrorist federally, that opens up the death penalty. Yeah, and or Guantanamo Bay. That's yeah, that's one of the ones he was terrified. He's like, no, they're just going to send me to Guant. You know, like, which yeah. they could have. I mean, maybe not because of the relationship that Teach Brit- Britain oh. has with the U.S., but Britain is just not going to yeah. provide people that could be put to death. And they have a long history of not extraditing people that might have the death penalty unless the U.S. government agrees not to charge them, you know, in a way that puts the death penalty on the table. Yeah, he kind of lucked out on that. Yeah, I think, it, yeah, it says October 2012, the 16th, after a series of legal proceedings in Britain, Home Secretary Theresa May blocked extradition to the United States. And so that's, that's 10 years. That's 10 years of legal battles, like back and forth. Right. And that's... Can you imagine that? Can you imagine for 10 straight years having to go to court and having to do all this crazy stuff and not, not really knowing what your future is? Being called a terrorist yeah. in the age of terrorist, you know, yeah. hate. I mean, it's yeah. ba- basically what the U.S. government was using was their Patriot Act laws after mm-hmm. 9-11 to try, to try to get him. And the, uh, the U.K. government doesn't fall for that as easily. And yeah. certain, you know, they're a strong enough nation to where they can say, no, we're not doing this for you. And what's the U.S. going to do? Yeah. If our, if our, okay, if our government and its employees were the dumbasses that had password as their password, they deserved it. Straight up. 100%. It's still illegal, like, though. It's illegal, sure. but And there's a good reason for it to be. I mean, again, we can... We can blame those employees, but those employees probably weren't taught at any level of their computer systems or training that it was such a a dangerous thing at that time. I mean, sure, everybody talked about passwords, but, you know, that was before people started losing their money in their bank accounts and, you know, a modern age of hackers that actually makes people use different passwords. One thing that I found very interesting about this is I can't find anywhere where the U.S. government denies his claims of what he saw, it's more or less just saying, hey, this guy hacked into our systems, extradite him here so we can kill him. I don't think the U.S. would deny. I mean, really? They wouldn't come out and be like, that's just ridiculous. He said he saw what now? Good news, guys. He didn't get very far in our files. You know, I, I don't think the U.S. would, would uh, confirm or deny certain things just because eventually they may have to explain their confirmation or denial. Yeah. In a congressional hearing so or just in, in a legal battle, it's <laughs> better just... not to say anything because then you can't be, it's harder to investigate that later on. Yeah. You know, like the CIA doesn't confirm or deny anything, mm. you know, whether it's a, one of their people or one of their operations. And yeah. in a way, that's smart. There's no reason to so confirm or So how do we trust them then? Like um, we're just told to, right? There's no to, way for us to prove. You have to trust the people that put 
those kind of people in motion. Yeah. And that's where it's important. You can't just blanketly say that this, this group is evil, you know, like in the case of the CIA, when they yeah. do all kinds of things to protect U.S. citizens every day, mm. you know, and then they are involved with some, some things we probably wouldn't agree with. Yeah. Again, that's probably the price of running a superpower. Yeah, I I just I thought it was very interesting. Like, because to me, like, and I could be 100% off on this. If there's some kind of crazy evidence that proves that McKinnon didn't see anything, I'm down to hear it. I just couldn't find it. Like, I've seen comments of people being like, this guy's a hack. He didn't do anything. Like, he's just full of shit, whatever. Like, and they seem like very heated comments. Like, they knew something and were just trying to get it off their chest, you know, but I couldn't personally find anything that, discredited it. One thing I would say is there has been secret space missions. Mm. There is a secret spaceship yeah. that we don't know all much, all that much about. It's the X-37B. Is that the triangle with the circle in the middle? No, no. This one's an unmanned space plane. So it looks closer to a, the space shuttle, but you know, it, it's... X X-37B? X-37B. Was that in California? That name sounds really familiar. I'm not sure. Um, it just it uh, returned on a record-breaking mission. It actually uses the same space shuttle runway that the space shuttle once used, and it looks a lot like the space shuttle. It just doesn't have people in it. But it was, I believe, it was up in space for 780 days, and nobody knows what it was doing up there. Yeah. You know, it's so so. There are craft that are secret and legitimate. You know. Whether um, Sarah, someone that follows Gary McKinnon wants to say what he was looking at was extraterrestrial or yeah. not of this earth, why wouldn't we be throwing things up in space and seeing you know what we can do up there, doing yeah. all kinds of experiments and being ready for the next step in maybe energy and resource um, mining, and you know that we already know that that's going to be the way of the future. Mm. Plus, there's certain certain uh, things that that you can't get. In abundance on Earth. Yeah. Elon Musk just put out a call to get, you know, miners to find more nickel for their batteries because it's it's a limited resource. Yeah. And it's hard to get to in some cases. And he was mm -hmm. willing to pay these people if they can find cheaper ways to mine nickel a lot of money. So when you look at like our cell phone technology, our battery technology, and what yeah. it means going forward, there's a lot of resources that are in our iPhones that are hard to get. So we're going to have to get them from somewhere. And space seems like the easiest and the cheapest way once we get a little bit farther into our technology. That's why, mm. you know, Tesla being able to launch reusable craft um, yeah. Or, yeah. or SpaceX, Virgin Galactic. Um, I probably got the names mixed up, but Virgin yeah. Galactic is another one that's on the forefront of getting people into space. Yeah which would put us into a place where we could put somebody on the moon or they're already talking about Mars. I mean, if we did have alien technology, wouldn't we just unveil that and no. get us up there quickly? That's what I've been saying for years, but guess what? The government has let us down or, time and time again. Or the stuff that conspiracy theorists believe about space and aliens doesn't exist yet. Yeah. Yeah, there's people that think we have, a, I think, a base on Mars. Yeah. And actually, it, I was reading one that uh, there was a picture from the Mars rover that looked like the shadow of a man, like fixing or working on the rover. And that's all you see. You see the like the camera is pointed down and you see this shadow. You see the shadow of the Mars rover. And then to the left of it looks like the silhouette of a man doing something. Yeah, but we also used to have images of what looked like a, 
a face on the yeah. surface of Mars, and it did look like a face yeah. until you got better resolution pic- pictures yeah. or different pictures from different. It's really hard to take into account all of the environmental things mm. in a place where we are just learning a lot about. I mean, yeah. the Mars rover is such a recent thing, and we've learned so much about Mars just in the time period that they were active. Have you seen the uh, the stories of people claiming that we didn't send the, the rover to Mars, that it was actually like Greenland, I think? Probably the same people that say our moon mission was was fake. Was fake, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of people that believe that. Uh, McKinnon himself, I think. I think he said he leans more towards that because just there's there's a lot of things that didn't seem like they would uh, add up for us to, to get there. But the whole the Mars thing, there's a picture of one of the the shots from from the Mars rover and right next to scenery of Greenland. I think it's Greenland. It's either Greenland or Iceland. It's one of those lands. What, did we test it there? And then that's the thing. It actually it actually could have been a test, but yeah. like because the scenery was the exact same as you have Greenland, the exact same mountains, same peaks, all this stuff. Then you have a picture of Mars with a red tint to it and like all this kind of editing done to it, and it looks like the surface of Mars. I would think it would probably be Greenland because Greenland. Greenland is not green like yeah. the name sound, sounds, and Iceland is not all icy yeah. all the time. So it's funny how those two two areas got completely opposite names. But they were named that way to like throw people off, right? Because they wanted people to go to Greenland because they think that it sounded so much better than Iceland. Probably. I mean, maybe yeah. they felt like there were a lot of resources in Iceland and at the time. And, and they're like, let's call this pretty one Iceland and... Yeah, it's kind of funny, but I, I could see them testing a Mars rover in a desolate place like Greenland. Yeah, isn't that what Trump tried to buy? Didn't he try to buy Greenland? Or, I, or my, he threw that out there, you yeah. know, he says... What so a strange m- thing to just... <laughs> he says so many crazy things, it's like, why even listen now? Yeah. It's either a lie or a conspiracy that is dangerous to everybody that's not yeah. true, just to further promote... I mean, you know, it's just... Or or it's a tweet. Yeah. It's, it's just not worth listening to anymore. Whether you're a, you're a, a fan of his or not, yeah, the words aren't aren't worth listening to because they're just words and there's no substance, yeah, behind it's them. Just a lot like of times, entertainment. It's like that's kind of what it is. It's yeah. entertainment. That's what he knows. You know, that's why his show, The Apprentice, was popular because yeah. it was just pure entertainment. It's like watching TMZ or something like that. Exactly. But hey, it makes us feel better about ourselves sometimes until it doesn't. Mm. Yeah, it do be like that. But you know. Uh, going back to the X-37B, I mean, I had heard about those ideas from early on in the space shuttle days. Yeah. Um, and it makes sense now that we can do so much um, with all of our drone technology. Why would we keep sending people into space when we don't need to? Yeah. At this point, we can do a lot of experiments and a lot of testing without humans. And then we don't have to justify it to the public if it doesn't work out. Um, yeah. We don't have to put lives at risk. We still are because we're still working on on space missions and that's the future. Yeah. And now we're going to have a military there, supposedly. It's it's a interesting place. And with Gary McKinnon, I don't know what he's doing these days other than probably going he on is tours. A, I think he helps small businesses with SEO. What's SEO? Search engine optimization. Hmm. I actually considered reaching out to him for the search engine optimization, not for the UFO stuff. That's interesting. Yeah. I was like, hey, if he's good and he's cheap, shit, I'll take I'll take first page Google results. Thank you very much. Yeah. I don't know if he'd be cheap at this point, but probably not, yeah. But if, if you're kind of a pariah, then maybe you don't charge as much. I don't know. Or you charge more. Yeah. Yeah, like, hey, because people, people know me. Yeah. People believe that you have access that you don't because you were able to hack into NASA. True. Yeah. So it sounds like I mean, even the government 
admits that he does did hack into NASA. Yeah. And they're saying he caused damage, which I don't quite see. Yeah. See that if anything, he he might have caused damage because he made them find damage. Well, I would say maybe more. He made them have to fix their systems. Yeah. Are they charging him for you know, do Probably. they want to take that from like Yeah. Make him pay that money back, which Yeah. And that well that's the thing. There's just a few there's a few elements to this story that just doesn't make sense. He's never once admitted to any damage. He's admitted to leaving a note in one of the systems, which was just kind of like a, a brag, pretty much. And I think anyone would do it if you felt badass and you're like, haha, I have you, you know? But he's never admitted to damage. And why would he? If, it, if his entire purpose for getting in there in the first place was to find free energy suppression or UFO stuff, why would he just be like, I'm going to delete this? Because you'd know the ramifications of something like that. You know if you deleted these folders that immediately it's like, okay, well, I just added 50 more years to my sentence or I just did this and that, you know? Like, yeah. So it, it seems like to distract away from the, oh, I found a UFO photo and a list of non-terrestrial officers. It just seems like that's a distraction being like, no, what he did was he attacked your country. You're supposed to be patriotic. Like he damaged us like that. That I don't know. It just doesn't add up to me. Patriotism can be dangerous. Patriotism it, is dangerous. Right. And it's been yeah. proven throughout history in different parts of the world. Yeah. But there's really still no evidence that he saw anything. Well, that's the thing. You're never going to get that evidence. But but doesn't, okay, doesn't the stuff that I stated about it being, you know, dial up, him having, like, you actually see the mouse cursor moving around. So it's not like you have all the time in the world to get this stuff. And screenshotting a, um, a desktop remote viewer, because I've done it once. I was working from home during the start of this COVID-19 stuff. After that five weeks or whatever, I, I started working from home a little bit. I was using a remote. I think I was using like Google Chrome, Chrome Viewer or something like that. Yeah. And I tried taking a, a screenshot of the work I was doing. Didn't save. Control-Alt-4? Alt mm -hmm. Yeah, it's weird. It'll take the rest of the screen, but that section is blacked out. Well, that, that would make sense if, if it's proprietary yeah. information. One of the things, you know, even if he couldn't take screenshots, I mean, he should have maybe written down some names. Yeah. In it, in it, there's a little excerpt that I found in the interview with John Ronson hmm. from 2005. And John Ronson asked, the Americans have a secret spaceship? And McKinnon says, that's what this trickle of evidence has led me to believe. Some kind of other mirror that nobody else knows about? And Gary says, I, I guess so. What were the ship's names? And he says, I can't remember. I was smoking a lot of dope at the time. <laughs> Not good for the intellect. You know, so I believe he got into the NASA computers. Yeah. But you think he was just strung out or high on it, like high out of his mind doing it? No, he might have seen things that were confusing. I would still believe in a lot of cases, those files would not be obvious, like non-terrestrial officers, yeah. really. The way he talks about it is vague. Was, were, was their name just, Steve or Zeno or... Yeah. Well, Gorgonshine, yeah, I don't know. I mean, all you have is an Excel spreadsheet, you know, like, and yeah, he should have written down some of those names. Yeah. And that seems to be the problem with most things like this is it's unbelievable story, which is really fun yeah. to believe in because we all want to believe in spaceships, you mm -hmm. know, and aliens. It just makes the world a lot more interesting. Yeah. The fact is we're not even close to being able to travel space. Um on a on a level that would get us anywhere in yeah. you know in a human's lifetime well says you right i mean tell that to the majestic 12 my friend well i mean we we can talk about all these uh different types of yeah. energy that they could use in space but we don't see really any evidence of it anywhere else again i mean there's there's a long way to go 
Yeah. And okay, maybe through the years, the military and the government and NASA has filmed UFOs. Are they unidentified flying objects or are they alien spacecraft? And we've seen videos online and in television shows of these UFOs that look like they're doing things that they shouldn't do. Yeah. But, you know, that it's the perspective isn't always a good enough perspective to be able to determine what it really is at this point. You know? Yeah, yeah. A so lot, you, sometimes it's just space rocks or reflections yeah. of space debris or weather balloons, right? Yeah, once you get outside of our classic. Now we can't trust you. You said weather balloons, man. It's over. Weather balloons? It's funny. Have you seen the show? I think it's Hangar 1 on, it's Netflix. on Netflix. Yeah, like one of those cheesy It's um, it I thought it was funny cuz they start off really early with the I believe it was the Eisenhower administration. Oh, and, with Edwards Air Force Base? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen it. I've heard that story on and off a lot. Yeah, it's funny funny to look at Palmdale and Lancaster on yeah. the map right there by Edwards Air Force it, you know, there's it's we need people that can actually produce evidence that's believable and doesn't yeah. just seem like potential disinformation or distractions. But at, at what point do we just believe people? Like if they're proven not to be mentally insane or or anything like that, like if someone comes to you and it's someone that you know and tells you something that they saw, like you wouldn't you believe them if you trusted them, if you knew their character and that stuff? Like, I, I can believe that people saw certain things without believing that they yeah. saw, they saw what they like what they thought they saw. Yeah. I mean So you would be both accepting and insulting to them. I would never I would hope to, I would <laughs> hope to not be insulting. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I just I think it's weird because I can I can believe something that someone says that I've never met. Like if if you just do like a you look at them, you hear them talk, and you're like, yeah, it's convicting, you know. Like there's certain people you can also look at and know that they're lying. You know, there's like person like someone like Gary McKinnon. What did he ever get from releasing this? He he had a decades worth of of just terror, wondering if he's going to be extradited and thrown in jail here in the states. And it's not like he was making bank or anything like that. You know, he maybe he got paid for some of the interviews. I don't know. To think that that someone would make that up just so they could have like a story out there, like that doesn't even like you would ruin your own life. Same with like Bob Lazar, you know, and I know a lot of people hate Bob Lazar. I, he's, it's the same thing for me. I watch him. I'm like, dude knows what he's talking about. He's smart. He's, uh, he's proven that he can just build random shit that he knows what he's talking about. Like, he's a in, very intelligent dude, but everyone just hates on him. Well, and sometimes people that know what they're doing or know what they're talking about are dangerous to us and not just in a conspiracy way, in an actual legitimate way. I mean, like, like what? You know, I'm sure to his followers, Charles Manson knew what he was talking about and doing. Yeah. And look where that led. Yeah, you know? we can blame that on the, the CIA, right? If the conspiracies hold true, um, which I'm sure we'll have to talk about at some point, because there are some interesting connections there. You know, there's, there, it's, it's, it can be dangerous to have some of these people um, with the platform. Yeah. You go back to the, to the Nazis and Hitler, you know, there were a lot of people that believed what he was saying was correct, mm -hmm. you know, with how the Germans were treated after World War One. Just because he was correct on, on the unfairness of how the country was treated and how it, the treaty at the end of World War One basically made them go broke. Yeah. He took it to a level that was, was cruel and evil. And anybody can do that if they got the right following. A Bob Lazar could lead us down a path that is dangerous, 
if the right amount of people took certain or and and they t the right amount of people had a certain belief that made them take actions that were dangerous to other people yeah you know and well the the path to true enlightenment is uh often a dangerous one or yeah the path to true enlightenment is realizing that you really don't know anything that goes on in the world around you well yeah that's that's the whole that's all part of life though right like that's kind of what it all is that's what it all means you'll it's, never know yeah you can search for these conspiracies forever and we won't know the truth behind almost all of them yeah and or, i think or the truth is there but we won't believe it yeah um, but isn't that isn't that also kind of like a personal thing like some people would prefer not to believe a word of this because it just sounds too far-fetched or it sounds too scary but anywhere else in the world that isn't you know like western they they do like you you could go home and be like mom i saw a ufo and she'd be like oh shit grab your bible or whatever they'd say i don't know but like you know you know what i'm saying like like us us westerners for whatever reason, we just push all of that away and say, nope, you got it all wrong. It's well, we're very opinionated. We're very stubborn, especially yeah. in America. We have this view of ourselves that just because we were born in this country, we're something special. Yeah. As opposed to you need to do something in, in, this, in your life to be something special. Yeah. Or we think we're exceptional just by being Americans instead yeah. of what we do. Um, it's easier not to believe crazy stuff. However, we judge crazy. Yeah. You know, to some people, crazy might be thinking that the government and the military is there to protect us. You know, some people might think it's crazy to believe that the cops are on our side or, you know. Yeah. But also some people will believe it's, it's crazy to believe in aliens based on how they were brought up or their worldview, you know. They're religious, yeah. if you know. And one of these days, I will have an old X Files poster that says, "I want to believe." Yeah, a classic. But I have high standards, and I need evidence. And a lot of people need better evidence, especially now because there's so much out there. Yeah, that it's like any information in the modern age. There's just too much. It's hard to figure out what's real, what's not, who's playing with you, who's not. What are or did somebody just use? the story of Gary McKinnon to spin it off into either he's an evil terrorist or he's this enlightened hacker that has shown us the truth of the world. Yeah. You know, so everybody has an agenda. I just think I'd put, I'd put my, I'd probably go with Gary McKinnon because uh, just uh, history wise, the U.S. government has done tons of things that are clearly out of line, clearly lying, clearly like propaganda, all this stuff, nonstop list, right? Gary McKinnon, all I know about him is this story. So therefore... Go Gary. I'm sure he definitely got into NASA. Yeah. But I can't, I, I still struggle to believe that he found extraterrestrial names of officers or spacecraft. Yeah. When both could have been regular earthlings, you know, flying a secret spaceship that they built yeah. to test but, out different theories and to be ahead of the space race. Yeah. But that's still disclosure. Which means we still got it, no matter what. We either have spaceships or we have alien officers amongst us. Well, the X-37B proves that we have spaceships that do secret missions. Hmm. Just they don't ne necessarily yeah. have people on yet. But, yeah, they probably I mean, have aliens on them, right? Yeah, 700. That thing was in space for two, over two years. Hmm. Um, just doing different experiments, you know, testing different things out. Yeah. 
came back to Earth, landed just fine. We still don't know what it went up for, and nobody will comment on it. But we do know that there's such a thing as a, a secret spaceship. Mm. You know, all we know about is the name. And X, I believe, usually means experimental in the Air Force. Anytime you see X in front of it, it's it's they're they're just testing it for yeah. the most part. Yeah, I don't know. I I just feel like there's there's too much information out there that you know I, and i get some of it could be bogus some of it could be whatever but that also means that some of it could be accurate you know like even these ufo sightings and all this stuff around like we may not know exactly what it is but if we have that type of technology why would we keep it under wraps for years or like even like these things have been seen for you know millennia at this point you know it's it's like pretty much we we wouldn't have had that technology back in those days so why why do we think that it's our government unless it is just you know reverse engineering or something like that well i mean if the government let's just say conspiracy theorists are right and the government has alien technology Mm -hmm. the minute they may they admit to it the russians the chinese the iranians are gonna are going to try to come in and weaponize it for their own purposes. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a... But a we've very, already weaponized it, right? I mean, maybe if if we did, I don't see it in day-to-day life. Yeah. I mean, in, in our wars, but we wouldn't want anybody else to, to weaponize it. Yeah, but then it's like, at that point, why even build the thing? You know, if if we if all these UFO sightings that we see now are the Russians or someone else then like why why not just be like that's the russians don't worry we built something that could tear that thing apart and it's this ta-da it's a disc well once you admit it then the russians have to take the next step to combat your craft that could tear them apart and then it's just another arms race and we've already seen what the arms race did with nuclear weapons we had we developed a workable nuclear bomb yeah that didn't stay secret or the how to make it didn't stay secret but a few years after World War II. And yeah. now, you know, we're at a point where if Russia and the United States ever get angry with each other or China, we can destroy the world. Yeah. And then you have countries like Iran that has access to it, North Korea, Israel, you know, yeah. I believe even South Africa has and, has yeah. that stuff, a nuclear bomb. Yeah. Which so if if you have something else, a different type of thing that could be used as a weapon against against ourselves you definitely are going to keep that secret till the very end like look i i I get that's a possibility but that will never explain why we've seen these exact same craft looking things from before we even had the technology before we had anything like how could we possibly see something like this in in the 20s or how could be there be you know ancient egyptian writings and hieroglyphics that kind of point to stuff that looks eerily similar to to flying discs you know like that's that will never be explained that way so it could be us keeping everything hush hush but it like it doesn't explain the other half of that which is these have been around forever and humans have been looking up into the stars forever Hmm? and when you know these people ancient people maybe looked to the sky every night before they went to sleep because they could see all these stars yeah and then something different comes into view whether it's a, a bird flying at night or a bat or yeah you know an asteroid shooting across the sky who knows i mean humans pick certain patterns and they see them all the time yeah and they've always seen things in the sky from ancient times but is that just a normal way that humans perceive the world around them yeah do they see things that aren't there because of whatever 
lifestyle they're living at the time or their their spiritual beliefs yeah. or you know ancient scientists that just observe things and write them down yeah it, it's really hard to pin it to one thing i mean we have seen similar things throughout history e- even before we ever knew what an actual human spacecraft was like yeah there were there's paintings and stories of disc in the sky yeah but that's what i'm saying like the depictions being the very similar to what we're seeing these days like it's hard to say that oh what they were painting was actually just a shooting star or something like that you know like that that's what i'm saying like how how accurate everything looks over the years that hasn't changed that tells me it's not technological or it is but it's not ours and that could be a case or it could just be the way we interpreted those things back then and it's hard because you can't talk to those old artists or historians that paid attention to these kind of things way before humans normally were you can't ask what they were looking at how high they were were they drinking at all did they get hit in the head were they like originally writing about these things to support their religious beliefs yeah. and and their gods did they view these these things in the sky as their gods which i think we um go back and look at sumerian stuff and we see them their gods in winged vehicles yeah. which you know a lot of people have used to say there were alien technology but you know if you're an ancient human and you believe that your god can fly he's going to need a winged vehicle as, as opposed to a jet vehicle back then because they watch birds fly all the time so they know with wings you can fly and that's maybe their ancient way of talking about the gods being in the heaven could be but well, it'd be very creative use of their talents then if humans, they were like humans, this is what i picture our god looks like well, we still see people on Photoshop all the time on the internet using yeah. a very interesting way of their creative talents. And, yeah. um, you know, we've seen people and we've talked about people on this podcast that use their creative talents to make it look like a, a spacecraft was um, stealing a, a cow from the pasture. I don't yeah. know if you recognize that person <laughs> at all, but. Doesn't ring any bells to me, but. <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah. we humans are creative. Yeah. All the way back into the days we used you know, cave art. And, and that's where sometimes we don't give ourselves the credit to create the things in our world and around us that we do. Yeah. And even if it's just mental images or beliefs, we're a, vet, a very inventive creature. And we've always looked to the skies because that kept ancient, you know, humans um, on time, yeah. basically with their, their hunting or their, when they became farmers, they're farming. You need to pay attention to the sky back then to judge yeah. what's going on or even to sail where we make up a lot of things, whether Gary McKinnon made up some of this stuff or he believed he saw something. It's or still he did see something. There's three options there, man. <laughs> or he did see something. Yeah. Okay. And as smart as he was, he wasn't smart enough to write down any of this stuff. Yeah. You know, I mean, if I stumbled on something crazy on the internet, I would write it down i would take screenshots there would be all kinds of things yeah. i would be doing just to make sure that i paid attention to it yeah no i get that how many times do you think your daughter needs to open the garage on this podcast do you think do you think four was enough <laughs> do do we know it was my daughter and not an alien just you know we don't looking like my yeah. daughter 
We could believe that, but we don't have any proof, unfortunately. Or, or now that we're so. we're doing a podcast, it's it's that black van sitting out there with government yeah. workers just opening and shutting the garage over and over again to throw us off and Classic. make us nervous. Uh, this will keep the walk. listeners away. Let's get a very loud grumbling noise. Either that or they, they, we don't care if they get a ton of li- listeners just as long as it's it's some fringe belief and yeah. they distract everybody. I mean, True. could be anything. Yeah. Good thing we only cover the real beliefs on this podcast. Somebody's beliefs, real yeah. beliefs. <laughs> Not always mine. No, but I, I, I hit you with some good some good questions. Well, I and I'd, I'd love to hear You'd love more to hear about Gary McKinnon. Yeah. If people have information that we don't touch on, fill us in. We can always yeah. circle back and add to this or make another one. Or, you know, maybe there's some normal people out there that hacked into the same system at the same time, it sounds like. Yeah. Maybe they got pictures. Maybe you know, or information or yeah. they my, my get main better thing, record, records. Yeah. If people have like a bona fide proof that this was fake and that he didn't see anything, or I would love to see that. Because like I said, that was the one thing that I couldn't find was like guaranteed them being like, no, it was proven that this was fake because of this, blah, blah, blah. So if you have that, use your kindest writing style and let me know. Or just throw out the facts and we'll, yeah. You know, if you just can and write I'll sort that. through my emotions later. Don't worry right. about that. Right. I mean, yeah. if, if if you don't have a kind writing style, but you have facts in your belief, set, send them to us. Yeah. We'll look at them. I mean, even me, who is definitely skeptical about things like this. You are? I know. You may not have noticed <laughs> it, but um, I'll look into this stuff. Yeah. I want my mind to be changed, but- But only if it's the truth. Right. Only if it's fact. Yeah. Only if it's fact and provable. You know, I want to be, I, I, you know, if, if, uh, if I see an, an, a UFO, I'll tell you about it. Yeah. Would you, or would you be like, I don't know, it might've been the light playing with me here. I would tell you that too. Yeah, exactly. I'd be either that was unexplainable to me or while I didn't know what it was, it could have been this. I, I would be open about it. Yeah. If I saw a ghost, I would tell you about, if I saw anything, I would be willing to talk about it, whether I believed it was something different than what it really was yeah well that's good to know well that's too bad yeah it looks like we didn't get you again you helped build the theory a little bit in the beginning and then you just dropped right off i did remind everybody that we have a secret spacecraft they should pay attention to two things yes because that is pretty interesting and it does show you know especially during the COVID era where we are only focused on politics money and sickness yeah that there are people out there pushing us into space Theoretically, we need to go anyway. There's a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of reasons to go into space, and it's something we should not move away from. Most of them are just to get away from all the a holes on this planet. That you too. Know? I mean, I'd get I'd go into space right now if someone's like, "Hey, you want to go into space? You'll be alone forever." But yeah, I guess whatever. I would maybe go to Mars and yeah, live out the rest of my existence there to help the, help the world yeah. get there. Find out there's aliens on Mars and they attack you, tear you to pieces, and you're like, "Was it worth it?" If there were aliens on Mars, wouldn't we would have pictures of them from our rovers? Yeah. Or would. Or they'd just be behind the rover the whole time. Could be. And as the camera moves, they just kind of like walk around it. You, you know, it's interesting because we talk about like moon bases and Mars bases that have yeah. been in the, in the stories for years, including people that used to work in remote viewing for the U.S. government. have They've mentioned that kind of thing before. Yeah. So since the beginning of... Us writing stories about space, there's been space bases. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Well, like the Anunnaki is pretty much the only thing. Like 
you know, ancient religions and stuff like that. Maybe, but it was never like people that were on, on these other No, and here. even with that, it's it's really hard to interpret their language even all these years later. Yeah. You know, Zachariah Sitchin wrote many books and made a living off saying mm-hmm. that there was a, a Planet X and... That the Anunnaki were, yeah. They were the ones that made us humans and things like that. But there's a lot of people that can read the language he was going with and say, no, he was completely wrong in his interpretation. Yeah. So, but they're, they're fun stories to think about. Yep. That they are. There's too many of them though, but that's good for, for a podcast. Right. You know, it's great because there's always going to be a new perspective. There's always going to be a different uh, possibility. And I still think it's funny that we would rather accept aliens building ancient things as opposed to brown people or uneducated people. Yeah. Well, yeah in our theory, think. it's like these ancient people couldn't build a pyramid in yeah. any part of the world or Well they could, but that's what I'm that I've always been by the assumption that they're smarter than us. Well I like we're we're stupid in comparison to Well these we also like, they, they also didn't have cell phones and T V and Yeah. So we've been dumbed down. You know but we or or just working, you know, trying to make a living with our work, then I'm sure they were making a living with their work, but But free energy is not a thing. Tell that to Tesla and the ancient Egyptians. Tesla and probably what Sumerians or no? well Tesla's just using batteries for his energy energy. Which, no, I'm talking about Nikolai Tesla. Oh, okay, that yeah. Tesla. Okay, not Elon Musk. Yeah, I've come across some crazy, crazy things that sound plausible with Tesla and free energy. And some of them still aren't proven, but yeah, you know, he was a brilliant man, did a lot of great things, um, mm-hmm. inspired a lot of people, was destroyed by i guess his competition with uh thomas edison edison yeah even though at the time the type of energy or electricity tesla was working on seemed to be a better a better option than edison's but edison edison's got made into what it is today yeah the thing that sucks us dry every month for for lights and power and all that fun stuff right and tesla died broke because he was murdered before he could get the whole free energy thing off the ground like he tried making smaller versions of it of pyramids we're gonna have to touch on tesla again we will because i'm, me, I'm yeah. pretty sure he just died i don't know i'm sure i could find something suspicious about his death well i mean it's suspicious because the u.s government went and checked all his files right after his death yeah grandpa that Trump. that makes it very suspicious but wouldn't you if you thought he was somebody that was very advanced in his theories that could maybe help the u.s government i'd be in there in a second yeah but only like i'd do it only if you give him the credit like if you're like it's because of this man like you have like honor for him you know you build him a statue do something like this is the dude that got us where we are you know it's a legacy and you just robbed that man completely of his legacy we talk about tesla every day now though how about that for a legacy i mean how about that as uh, inspiration that a company like Tesla was was made and yeah. is making some interesting advances with uh, a crazy through the ashes, crazy yeah. stock price. It just barely getting started. Their cars are loved by their customers. Yeah. They're in space. They're doing all kinds of crazy things constantly. I mean, so if anything, in the long run, he will be honored more than you know, even maybe Thomas Edison. Yeah. And um, just because, you know, we'll know that Edison was the one that got electricity going in this country, but we may know that Tesla got us in into all kinds of different places, cheaper energy, yeah. space, waste. Free energy, yep. yeah. Substantially waste. Cheaper, cheaper. Yeah, where you can actually store. I mean, storing energy has always been a problem. 
That's mm-hmm. one of the reasons it's so expensive is because it's not easy to store energy. Yeah. But these Tesla batteries can store energy. And if you ran your house on it, it would help store that energy so you could use it later. So it will change the price of electricity in the future. We'll see. Unless something happens to all these guys that are paving the way, you know. It's like, oops, they slipped on a banana peel and fell into a black hole. Yeah, but has Elon Musk with his company inspired other people to take the next step? Maybe. You know, that's what it seems like to me. I mean, you can't put the genie back in the bottle. You could try. Well, I I mean, there's plenty of people that try all the time and technology just keeps advancing. Other people come up with different ways to do things. Um, You know, whether you're a hacker or not, they're constantly evolving too. Yeah. But McKinnon has a great story, but he is maybe as believable as Bob Lazar. So very. Oh, interesting. Well, interesting if you, if you yeah. want to believe a story with very little evidence. Very little evidence, Bob Lazar? I mean, those are great stories. Yeah. And some might be true, but there's still very little evidence on spacecraft or aliens that the U.S. Yeah. has. It's just a, it's almost just a story. It's entertaining. It, mm. The what ifs, maybe. Yeah. If if a craft actually did crash from outer space, we would definitely collect it. Mm-hmm. But and we know that because we did several times. That's, Probably still doing it. That's actually. the stories we've heard. Yeah. But again, there's no evidence. Yeah. No, no good evidence. I mean. The weather balloon story up from Roswell seems kind of kooky by the military. It seems like they could have come up with a better story unless they the did Like the same people that have password for their password? I don't know, man. Well, I would think the story could have come up with a better story, or the, the military could have come up with a better story than, oh, it's an alien yeah. craft. Oh, wait, never mind. It's a weather balloon. And all these years later, That's there's nothing there. That's what makes it so there. hilarious, though, is it's always so cartoonishly off base from what it actually could have been like maybe compared to like i don't know the the fact that anything they they come out and they're like oh it's weather balloon or it's this it's swamp gas the old swamp gas routine yeah like no that that, that's the furthest thing from what it probably is swamp swamp gas is pretty crazy though sure who knows what we could see by seeing a, a little little area of swamp gas yeah. I mean, I don't I don't think I don't think it, it the craziness extends to the level that you Well, and if you go back to Roswell, what was the mentality of Americans back then, especially Americans in that part of the country? Were they being entertained with crazy radio stories about aliens cuz World War 2. They well, it was after World War 2, yeah. but they were their for, main form of entertainment was probably radio shows. At that yeah. time, I mean, earlier in the century, we saw the effects of the radio show about Martians attacking and how it made yeah. people go crazy. So, you know, maybe the reason the, the newspaper first said it was a, an alien craft is because the people's minds had been put in a place where something they didn't understand coming, yeah. coming from the sky was alien. But that could just as easily be a psyop as well. Like you start running these ads, you start all this stuff for to eventually hopefully get to a point where full disclosure comes out and they're like, okay, you've had the radio programs, you've had the Independence Day movies, you've had all these weird photos all over the place. Like, why not build up to a point where you're like, okay, we've got them brainwashed enough to believe that maybe this is a thing. So I guess now we can tell them that we're working with them or they're attacking us or whatever you want to call it. But they still haven't. So that kind of takes takes away from the thoughts that that is the future for us. Yeah. And you know, going back to Roswell, maybe it was a, one of our secret aircraft 
at that time yeah. that crashed because in the years after that, our SR-71 Blackbird had would crash and there would be a cover-up whenever that crashed just because it was such an advanced flying system. Mm. When it crashed, they basically would have to swarm in the area and yeah. basically get rid of all the evidence that we had that kind of a military plane at that time. Yeah. You know, know, it could have been a number of things, but we still need evidence. We still need to talk to Gary McKinnon and find out what he really saw. I mean, yeah. I haven't watched interviews with him to see how credible he is. I would love to talk to somebody that has supposedly seen this stuff, even though I'm skeptical. Yeah. I would love to hear what they have to say. You got to get on the, um, on like the UFO or the high strangeness subreddit, because those ones, those are the people posting cell phone videos in like, you know, Brazil or all these other like South, South American cities and stuff like that, where this stuff is fairly common. I saw one uh, a few days ago and you know, the, the cell phone is zoomed in at max. So it's still blurry. It's a little blurry, but you get the gist. You see the shape and it goes and flies over this forest and it starts lowering down. As it's lowering down, you see it behind the trees. Like you, so you get kind of a glimpse for how big this thing is. Can't be like, okay, I know the exact like square footage of this craft, but you can tell that it's around big trees and it's slowly lowering. You see it disappear and you see it kind of poke out through the holes in the trees and stuff like that. And so it's not a a high quality video, but just the action, like the movement, like the liquidity of it, where where it flows in it's super smooth like that that's that kind of stuff i'm like you can't fake that with a low resolution like blurry video it's in it's impossible it would never match up but you could fake it with a decent drone Uh, how's how big is this drone because like i said the size was a big factor there well and you can build pretty decent sized drones now that you can go there's online you can you can make your own drone you don't even really have to fly it just has um the information in it to fly a pattern yeah. And so who knows? I mean, when I see a lot of the lights and interesting videos, I'm like, oh, that could be a drone. Yeah. Like the ones that I that I pay the most attention to, broad daylight. And you know, that's what I'm saying. Like some of these, yeah, it's at night. It's a silhouette in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. You know, who knows? It's the ones that are shot in broad daylight from like this dude's balcony or whatever. And he's zooming in on a mountain that's so far away. You know, to me, it's like, I, I don't know. Like, why wouldn't I believe that? If someone was literally like, oh my God, like, look at this. I need to show people this. Get it out. And then can you imagine being that person? You see that, you film it, you post it. And they're like, what a loser. Look at this fake video. You know, like, I mean, I'm just saying like, these people are, are also putting up a lot of risk when they're posting these things. They well, get ridiculed. They, they get... If you're going to post something online... There's a group of people that yeah. are going to knock it, whether, no matter what. This is my cute dog. There's people. That's yeah. the ugliest dog I've ever seen. Yeah. You know, I mean, people are not nice online. That's a whole different subject. People are not nice in general. It doesn't matter if it's online or not. That's their true heart. When they're posting these comments, that's, I don't, that's who I don't, they really are. I don't think it is. I think it's... You think they're just pre- like pretending to be an asshole for a little No, bit? I think most of those people are nice, but we all have that, that dark side. Yeah. And sometimes when we, there's no consequences or... You're not face to face with somebody. They can't punch you or yeah. or tell you you're wrong and embarrass you in front of everybody. It's really easy to say whatever you want to online. True. Most of these trolls, you'd meet them in real life and you couldn't tell. Yeah. Some are just total assholes, but most of them are just people that get online and realize that they can say whatever they want to without consequences in most cases, and yeah. they do. So I guess you're you're uh, on the the no go train for Gary McKinnon then. So far. So far. Hmm. But I'll look into them a little bit more. Yeah. Maybe I'll update you later. There you go. You know, I or, or if someone hits us with some super hot knowledge on the, the whole Gary, Gary McKinnon story or anything like that, or maybe possibly different ways of looking at it that either prove or deny it. And yeah, 
hit hit up the old email address. It's the freaky deaky pod at gmail.com or freaky deaky pod on Instagram. Either of those work, but I have to get dinner started so that your daughter doesn't murder me. And that's not something I want a week you, before the wedding. Are you sure it's like dinner or you're going to sneak out and do your secret Space Force work? It could be both, man. I can multitask. Are you going to cook something that maybe has a certain ingredient that might make me believe conspiracies? I'm making carne asada omelets, so I could shape it in like a UFO or something if you'd like the no. carne asada to be. That's no. all right. All right. Then I guess regular carne asada omelets it is possibly all right well until next time um we still don't know how yeah, to close the show yeah i didn't i didn't think of a good you know sign off yeah you could always add it in later i could just say um because i say that about a hundred thousand times during these recordings so until next time um <laughs> <laughs>